up, yo? <laughs> Welcome in. This is the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show with me, Mark. I'm your host. Today is Tuesday, August 20th. What do we got going on today? We're talking about draft strategies, how to nail your draft, what to do, what not to do. Uh, we're going to talk different philosophies as well. Have I told you how much I love drafting fantasy football? Drafting is just the best. It's just so much fun, just so much excitement. As, as you heard me say it before, it's Christmas morning. It's just so, oh, it's just so pumped when it's a draft day. Just all the possibilities. What is your team going to be like? You know, it just sets up the next couple months. It just it determines what teams you like and what teams you don't like, what teams you're going to watch all season long. Oh, drafting is just so much fun. Speaking of drafting, do you need a cheat sheet? I got some cheat sheets set up at Fantasy Knockout. Become a Knockout member by supporting the show. You'll get access to the draft cheat sheets and priority question and answers. You can do this by going to FantasyKnockout.com, click on the Patreon tab, follow instructions there, and you can download your cheat sheets or print them out. Or It's a PDF file, so you can use that for your drafts. Also, do you want to win a signed Michael Thomas jersey? You want to put that up on your wall in your man cave? While you're at the site, click on the giveaway tab, enter the drawing. You know, you can actually have multiple entries for that, not just one entry. You know, just follow the show on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speaking of that, Twitter and Facebook is at Fantasy Knockout, and then on Instagram is at Fantasy underscore Knockout. Let's get right into the news. News with views. Quarterback Case Keenum of the Washington Redskins, he's now tracking to be the week one starter. You know, I'm not surprised that Dwayne Haskins didn't take control of this, that he couldn't beat him out in camp yet. But, you know, I see Haskins taking over midway through the season. You know, Keenum's a good quarterback. They just need some veteran presence right now there in Washington. Next, running back Darwin Thompson of the Kansas City Chiefs. His coach Andy Reid said, you know, the six-round pick on Thompson is more advanced than they thought he would be when they drafted him. You know, I see him being being um, Damian Williams' backup. I I don't think it's Carlos Hyde. Hyde hasn't done anything special yet. I think it's Williams. He's going to be that uh, that Kareem Hunt style, the Damian Williams style that Andy Reid likes. So keep an eye on that. If anything happens to Williams, you know, Dar- Darwin Thompson's the guy going to be there in Kansas City. Next quarterback. Andrew Luck of the Indianapolis Colts. He was recorded warming up prior to the Colts' Week 2 preseason game. That is good news. So far, he's trending in the correct direction. Uh, but again, he hasn't played. Um, you know, I, I heard his, his coach, Frank Wright, basically come out and say that he wants to uh, to name the starter for Week 1 after the third preseason game. So he's kind of putting that pressure on Colt. Hey, get ready. Get right. We need you out here. It's, it's time to start playing some football. So, guys, stop nursing these injuries. Let's get out here and, and start, you know, performing. So, it's good news that Andrew Luck should be back. Wide receiver Josh Gordon of the New England Patriots. The NFL reinstated him. That's kind of cool, giving him another chance. But he's still got a lot of hurdles to clear before he can practice and play in games. So, um, I did put him up on my rankings this weekend. I think he's, like, wide receiver... 30-ish off the top of my head. 
Um, so I put him in there. I made sure. Right now, a lot of people didn't know him. He's not on cheat sheets and stuff. I had a draft this Saturday, and I scooped him up as a late round flyer. You know, I mean, because if he's he's there, he could be Tom Brady's favorite target. He could score a lot of touchdowns, a lot of upside there. So why not take the uh, a home run hit if he doesn't play? If he pops, you know, a failed drug test. Oh well, it didn't cost you anything late in the draft. Uh, next, we got quarterback Josh McCown. The Philadelphia Eagles, they just signed him to a one-year, $2 million contract. They brought him out of retirement. I guess they didn't see, they liked what they saw in their uh, backups in Sudfield and Kessler. Uh, So, you know, just a name to remember. I mean, Wentz is the guy there in Philly, but, you know, if Wentz ever goes down, McCowan is a gunslinger and a decent quarterback. So, would he be the next uh, Nick Foles? Who knows? All right, normally I don't really talk about defensive players all that much, but we're going to talk about this one because I think this one's a big one. We're talking about strong safety, Derwin James of the Los Angeles Chargers. He had an issue with his foot. He's expected to miss three to four months. He Basically, he bent a screw that was put in his uh, put in when he was back in college in Florida State. He bent that, and the doctors are concerned they need to take that out and stuff. So he's going to be out three to four months. That's a huge blow to the Chargers' defense. Uh, not training in the right way, Chargers. Next, running back Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. He's got that calf injury. He resumed practice uh, on Monday, so that's good news. It's glad to see him back. Running back Darius Geis of the Washington Redskins. Reports say he's going to play in this Thursday's preseason game. You know, he's coming off that knee and hamstring injury. Um, so that's that's phenomenal news. This is the first time we've, we'll get to see him do anything. So if he um, if he looks good, if he's, he's out there and getting a good, decent workload... Definitely going to start moving him up my board. I love his talent. Right now, I just I got to see it before I can trust him and stuff. I'm not putting him on any of my teams until I see him playing and doing well. Next, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders of the Denver Broncos. He's said to play um, Monday night. He's been recovering, recovering from a torn Achilles tendon since last December. Um, as you can tell, I'm recording this on Monday. I know I said it's Tuesday, but this is Tuesday show. Um... So I don't know if Sanders played Monday night or not. I don't know how he looked. We'll talk a little bit more about that on Friday's show. But uh, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that, yeah, Sanders is said to play. We'll see if he does. Wait, did you see him catch that touchdown pass? I don't know. (laughs) I'm guessing. (laughs) Next wide receiver, Julian Edelman of the New England Patriots. He was spotted warming up for Monday's practice as well. So this is good news to see these guys out there. I hope they do well. Best of luck to them. And then a little bit of sad news, wide receiver DK DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to have surgery on his, uh, he's going to have surgery this week on his knee, but they say he's not expected to be sidelined too long. Not good. He was a borderline uh, draftee on my my teams, and this just means he's not going to get drafted. So he'll be a maybe later Later round, later uh, season pickup. So we'll see about McCaff. And then the last, we're going to talk. Yep, wide receiver Antonio Brown. Ah, the saga continues. He finally returned to practice. Yay! Yay! He's back to practice. But it was his first practice since this whole helmet issue of I'm not going to play unless I can use my old helmet. Uh, this comes after. Do you guys see what GM Mike Mayock did? That was awesome. I love Mayock. Um, yeah, I am a Raiders fan, 
but I'm not going to be the homer and talk just Raider football, and I'm not going to bash the Chargers and or anything like that. This is a fantasy football show. I have several Chargers on my teams. I actually drafted Keenan Allen. My wife, the super Raider fan that's super biased, she actually drafted Hunter Henry on her team. Oh, I've been giving her shit every single day <laughs> since since Saturday. It's been a lot of fun trolling her with that one. Yeah, yeah, babe, you got a Charger on your team. <laughs> so anyways, back to Antonio Brown. So Mike Mayock he basically makes a statement like, Brown, you got to show up. Or or don't be here. You know, are you all in or all out? Pick one. We want you here. You said you'd be here. Show up. It's time to get ready and play some football. So good to these coaches. Good to these, you know, coaching staffs. You know, the front offices for calling out these prima donna players and saying just come out, play, do what you're supposed to do, and let's get to work. <laughs> you know, we're just going to run right into it. Main event. Main event. Okay, so we're going to talk draft strategies. Nah, we're going to talk draft philosophies. It's not hard to draft an average fantasy team, right? You just log on to any draft on your draft day, you know, on your computer. Use the computer settings, or you can print out a cheat sheet, and you can just, you know, draft right in order. Just follow that, and you'll probably walk away with an average team. But guess what? You're not listening to the podcast because you're okay with an average team. You want to be the best possible team, right? You want a top team that can hashtag dominate your league. If you want to draft a winning team, you need to nail your draft strategies. You got to figure that out, right? So that's going to require some insight, data analysis, and experience. But Mert, this is my first year playing and I don't know what I'm doing. What is, what is the, why, I don't know why I made that voice. It just sounds like he's um, mentally challenged. I don't know. That's just the voice that comes out. So uh, that's, you know, the public opinion. Hey, well, so, well, then let's get right into it. Most fantasy football champions, whether they know it or not, they use some process for honing in their fantasy skills for draft race. It's the five D's. Then you've got to learn the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. <laughs> no, there's not. I don't know. <laughs> I love that show. That's a funny quote. So anyways, it's draft philosophy, mock draft, analyze drafts, and player research. And you can start anywhere in this process. There's no one where, one spot to start or anything. You know, maybe you've already had some assumptions on player values and strategies. Fantastic. Then go try some mock drafts. You know, the one I like to use is Draft Wizard by Fantasy Pros. You get to analyze them. You get to see how they went. You get to try new things. You know, and you can continue the process with what you've learned. You can screenshot them to me, and I can give you a grade, let you know where to improve, where not to improve. You know, send it on social media. It's a cycle of refining your draft philosophy by doing actual mock drafts, reviewing the results, researching the players, and using what you've learned to adjust your philosophy. Okay, I've said a lot about philosophy. Let's talk, let's get a little bit more into that. Draft philosophy, it's a different it's different than any specific strategy such as like zero uh zero RB or late round quarterback. You know, the philosophy demonstrates that you hold certain values, but you aren't pre-committed to use any specific strategy. You're flexible. You know, flexibility is key. So, do your yoga, do your warm-up, stretch. 
You know, you never know what's going to happen during a draft. If you're dead set on one strategy, like zero RB, oh, I'm going to, um, you know, I got the eighth pick of, at my 12-team league, and I'm going zero RB, and I'm going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back, running back, or wide receiver, you know, all that, or however you want to do it, you predetermine what position in what round. You're going to lose. You're not going to do well. You know, you may leave value on the table during the draft by forcing picks that you shouldn't have done. Despite that, we need to start by reviewing different strategies so that we can have a framework of discussing player values, okay? So we're going to talk about value-based drafting, VBD. It's actually an old-school concept. It was created by Joe Bryan of Football Guys. The summary of VBD is you rank your players according to the points they score above a baseline, player right at the position instead of their total points so <laughs> what does that mean for example quarterbacks they score a ton of points they score a lot of points right but all quarterbacks score a lot of points therefore the top quarterbacks have a lower vbd they have a lower vbd value than running backs or wide receivers first let's use like a 10 team league with normal positions you know one quarterback two running backs two receivers and a flex right take the top quarterback his total points for the year, let's say, is 300. Then you take the 10th ranked quarterback, right? Because there's 10 teams. His total points for the year is 270. So that's a difference of 30 points. Following me so far? Then you take, let's go to talk about the running back, right? Take his total points for the year. Say it's 250. Then you take the 25th ranked running back. Why? Because there are 10 teams and you got two running backs. So we're going to, that's 20, but you got the flex and say half of the flexes. So that's 25, right? So his total points, the 25th ranked running back, has got 150. So that's a difference of 100 points. Okay, so difference of 30 for the quarterbacks, difference of 100 for the running backs. Now compare the differences between the two. That's a difference of 70 points. That's a lot. How do you make up this difference? How do you make up this 70-point difference by a late-round quarterback? Subversions of value-based drafting is at the core of all strategies. Okay, the main problem with drafting strictly VBD is that nearly everyone already kind of knows this and they already do this. Therefore, you don't have the advantage. You know, like I said, this was an older concept 20, 25 years ago where it was easier to exploit your, your league mates. If you don't go above and beyond VBD, you're not going to get ahead of your competition. Okay? Let's talk about late round real quick. Late round quarterback. So, 2012, right? The first round of fantasy drafts contained four quarterbacks. Every year... Since then, there have been zero or one. Okay, the change was due to a large number of NFL quarterbacks becoming more fantasy relevant. The philosophy is highlighted by the late round quarterback trend popularized by J.J. Zacharyson. If there are about 12 quarterbacks who are all putting up great fantasy stats, then every team in the league should have a solid starter, right? The difference between the best and the worst starting fantasy quarterback is not large they're not a big difference so you're able to wait a long time and still have a solid quarterback okay wait further in the drafts double digit rounds so if you take pat mahomes in the top of your draft that's like drafting a sports car you have the sexy great looking quarterback you know what color is it is it red (laughs) but if you wait on the value and you take a minivan like mr walmart philip rivers Yeah, not sexy at all, and frankly, it's just downright ugly. But it still gets the job done. Plus, 
what happens if you get in an accident? You wreck your car. You your quarterback gets hurt, right? There's an injury. How do you replace the value you spent on that sports car, on that high draft pick in a quarterback? You're going to have to trade away one of your top players to get another quarterback. Okay? But if you had a minivan or a beater or Mr. Walmart, Mr. Rivers, right? You just go grab another beater car like Matt Stafford. And you keep on chugging away. Uh, I know that was a horrible <laughs> analogy of bashing players, but, you know, it's it's fun. That's I hope you guys get it. I hope you understand that. Have a little fun there. All right, let's talk zero running back real quick, okay? So zero running back, it's the strategy of not drafting a running back in the early rounds. Um, you know, there are different variations of it. Basically, you know, it's, you're going to be drafting many, many core, uh, running backs later on. So taken to its extreme, it can be very risky. But, yes, you'll end up with a bunch of stud receivers, and you're gambling on, you know, on higher risk running backs later in the draft. You know, also keep in mind that zero RB is also much more of a successful strategy in like the full point reception leagues than it is in standard leagues. Um, it's basically, you know, the idea there is you draft, let's say, two running back spots, you got two receiver spots, and you have like two flex spots. Basically, you're going to draft your first four picks of all receivers or five picks of all receivers. And then after that, you're going to just start taking flyers on running backs, you know. More of the pass-catching backs where you're hoping that two of those hit and you draft like six or seven running backs. You know, so you just stockpile up on these later on. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking like the Tariq Cohens and Naheem Hines, Miles Sanders. Um, who else this year? Devin Singletary. You know, these guys that are not sexy at all. You know, Tevin Coleman, um, Matt Breida's, you know, Rashad Penny. You're going to take flyers on these guys Royce Freeman he's not really pass catching back but you're going to take a chance on all these later round running backs and you're hoping that you know through an injury or maybe they just outright beat them at the end of camp and they become the their salt their number one running back on their team then all of a sudden you see how all that value just pushes them up and you already have the stud receivers so it's it's a it's a a philosophy it's a strategy that I personally don't do I like I like to have a couple stud running backs on my team and I'll take flyers on receivers later on because it's just easier to find a receiver later in a draft than it is a running back. Anyways, let's move on. So we got a hybrid draft philosophy, right? A personal strategy is to take the accumulation of all these strategies and form an overarching philosophy that is a hybrid of them all, right? So for example, I'm a firm believer in the late round quarterback, but it all has to be taken in context. If everybody in your draft is not taking quarterback and they're all waiting on quarterback, then, you know, let's say Aaron Rodgers. This is what actually happened in my draft. It was the sixth round, right? I've gotten basically all my flex. I got my two, this is all my personal league, my family league. We we do two running backs, two receivers, and two flex. So I had my first five players, and I loved them all. I had some values, and it's the sixth round, and I took, what Devonte Adams in the second round, and Aaron Rodgers is staring there, staring me at the board. It's the sixth round, and I'm going, "Wow, this is not a bad value. I could take Rodgers here, get the stack, and and I know this quarterback run is going to happen because Pat Mahomes is the only quarterback taken before that. So 
I went and took the chance. I drafted Aaron Rodgers, and that was high for me. I hate it. I'm looking at the the draft at the end of the you know I'm looking at the end of the draft. And I'm going, oh man, I, I all these values with with Cam Newton and Matt Ryan this year. They they fell super late, but Rodgers in the sixth round for me this year was a nice pick. You know, I, I just I took the chance, and I and I think it's going to pan out. I hope it is. So we're going to talk draft position. So there's nothing. Nothing really impacts your draft more than the, the draft spot that you pick from, okay? That is another reason why you need to be flexible, especially if you don't know your draft spot until the day before. If you know it ahead of time, then you can practice from that spot and see where players are going so you know who to reach for, who who you can wait on, and where the values will be had. Um, you know, to be fully prepared, you need to be doing some mock drafts and many different draft positions if you don't know your Position, and then also league settings. You know, you gotta know. You must know your league settings well in advance on your draft day. You know, is it a full PPR? Is it a half PPR? Is it a standard league or a non PPR? Do you start one quarterback? Is it a super flex? Do you have two quarterbacks? You start. How many flex positions are there? You have two, three, four. Who knows? You know, is there a tight end bonus? You know, bonuses that I don't really play in leagues with bonuses, but a lot of people like them. Do you get did your quarterback get bonuses for throwing 300-plus yard games? You know, do you get a bonus if a receiver or running back go over 100 yards in a game? You got to you gotta understand this, and then that will – then you're basically your rankings will get adjusted. You need to adjust somebody's rankings or your own rankings and account some of that um, bonuses in. So like a Deshaun Jackson who could catch 100-some-odd yards and a touchdown, he's a little bit more intriguing – than like in a standard league where he's not. So you got to know your league settings, right? All right, finally, you need to be aware of the pros and cons of every strategy and try them out. You know, that's why you practice and do these mock drafts. Generate your own hybrid strategy or come up with your own, you know, philosophy, right? Understand how one pick, one pick can impact the rest of your draft. You know, there's a lot of pros and cons to late round and zero RB. You need to take those strategies and build your own. Get your gut feeling, listen to that gut feeling, of when to stick with them and when to pivot and when to move. Then take those gut feelings and go practice. You know, just practice, practice, practice. Do a couple mocks right before your draft so you understand where's... Like, again, I, I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir saying the same thing over and over again. Just practice. Do a couple mock drafts. I know we got a mock draft episode coming up so you can kind of see how I go about a draft and stuff like that. That's going to wrap it up for today. The next show is Draft Do's and Don'ts. Always a fun episode. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. It'll really help me out. All right. Till next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.